And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. They're looking to put a lot better product on the field here today at home. Jones, pressure coming. He's in trouble. Fowler coming. Ball is loose. Vanderesh picks it up. Touchdown, Dallas. Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Indeed. How about that, Cowboys fans? A lot better than last week. Big win for your Cowboys. A historic loss for Bill Belichick makes it even better. We had the guy covering the game, the man, the mean lord, the father, John Mashoda, out there covering it. He's here on this episode of About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent, and welcoming in host, Kevin, KT Fun Turnovers, Turner. What's up, KT? Hello, Kent. So many turnovers. Oh my gosh. I tell you what, I would like to nominate, and you can agree with me, John, most sleepy start to a Cowboys season in years. Yeah, like in terms we, of like... All four games you're talking about? Yeah, all four games have yeah. kind of been snoozers for yeah. the most part. Which is fine because we're ramping up towards the next two, which are just lining up to be complete doozies uh, before the week seven bye week. I don't know about you, watching that game... I still sat there going, I have so many questions about this team and what they are. Some things I think I know about the defense, but Mac Jones is not a good litmus test at all. But what could you take away from yesterday outside of the few things we kind of knew about the defense? I mean, I think part of you saying it's been kind of a snooze fest through these first four games is they haven't played a quarterback that you really fear. You know, Joshua Dobbs had a had a really good game, but you don't look at Joshua Dobbs like there's nobody in that on that defensive room that's going, man, we should make the playoffs. But man, if we get in there, really hope we don't see Dobbs again. Like yeah. okay, um, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, uh, Mac Jones. So, and I mean, you can even make the argument to a certain extent, Brock Purdy. I think he's more about the system than necessarily just Brock Purdy throw him on any NFL team he's having the success you know I think he's a good quarterback but I don't know that it's you just throw him on any decent team and all of a sudden they're just going to start winning every game but he's he, he's a quality quarterback but it's what I'm getting at is it's not like they've faced Mahomes or Burrow or some of those guys like that yet so I think that factors in with some of these games being uh uh it's it just very evident Mike McCarthy win the toss we want the ball we want a lead and that's not always been a Mike McCarthy thing usually he likes to defer get his chance at a double double you know scoring going into halftime scoring coming out and so they've been able to set the tone early in, in in those three blowout wins with this one included on sunday and that forces these quarterbacks who are average at best probably closer to below average to have to win with their arm and that plays right into what this cowboys team wants to do so three and one i think it's a good start to this season just because the three wins are just so dominant and yeah, the one loss is an ugly one, um, but I think it doesn't matter one way or the other. <laughs> we'll have much more to talk about coming out of this San Francisco game and, and how they stack up there. Because 
you say that you don't really know for sure what this team is. I, I feel really confident what they are on defense. I feel like they're, especially with the way Brandon Aubrey is kicked, I think they're in a good spot on special teams. It's really just the offense, particularly in the red zone, that is is my big question mark. And we're going to find out in this game for sure where they're at. And if they can move the ball up and down the field like they have through you know, three and a half of these first four games, then they're going to have a chance to win this game. But if they play like we've seen them play a little too often here, particularly in the red zone, I don't see how they beat the 49ers. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you try to come away from this game and you go, okay, you just crushed a team 38-3. to You just gave Bill Belichick his uh, biggest loss in his entire career. And then you have all your things that you could be happy about. There's some of the same things we've been talking about in the Giants game and the Jets game. If you did ask a Cowboys fan at the beginning to forecast the first four games, you'd go 3-1. and one. Or four and zero, maybe they maybe that Aaron Rodgers game gets you in week two, you know. So you're kind of where you thought you would be, three and one or four and zero. But um, I, I sit there and go, okay, thirty-eight three. I'm not going to be the guy that's bitching, but it is fair to ask these questions about the red zone, <laughs> and I like the I like a, a lot of the points. Um, First of all, Saad's article that we discussed last week was really good, but Saad did not get the solution <laughs> for us. Um, I do love the point of, well, they get to the red zone so much, so your rate's going to be down. I do think there's something to that for sure, and you can get that up very quickly. But there is something going on, and I thought they hit it in that first drive, trying to mix it up and maybe Schoonmaker. And that was a great throw by Dak. Schoonmaker couldn't get it into double coverage. It was tough. But I was like, okay, that's a good look. And they should get credit for the CeeDee Lamb 20-yard one. They should get red zone credit for that, but they don't. So there's a couple things that I find to be kind of almost like outliers when it comes to that, but there, is, there still is something going on, but nothing to freak out about just yet, I would say. Nothing would to agree? freak out about. I just think that this is a, a point in the season where <clears throat> you can feel pretty good about this start, and then if they beat the Niners, regardless of how they do it, if they just somehow end up with one more point than the Niners Sunday night, then you can really feel good about everything you saw before. But if they go and play the Niners and they just lay an egg and they look even worse than they did in the playoff game, then you have some concerns about the way that this season has started. And it's not really fair to them to look back on it, not that they're looking at it that way, but with the new offense being you know, implemented and, and those types of changes, I think that you have to look at it that way because to me, that's that was the difference in them losing to San Francisco last year was the offense. It was the offense, I mean, they score one touchdown in that game. They scored 12 points. To beat the Niners, you're gonna—I mean—the offense is gonna have to score at least two touchdowns. Uh, for example, the, the Schoonmaker play that you just talked about against the Niners has to be a catch. Uh, Hendershot had a drop in the red zone earlier in the season against the Niners that has to be a catch. Like you're gonna have to play like nearly perfect on offense, you know, to to be able to beat this team with just how hot they are right now and on the road. Like I have confidence that the defense will be able to do their thing and keep the game close. But, it, but the question mark is this offense. And I agree with you on the red zone thing because the CD Lamb play, like you like you mentioned. But I just look towards this Niners game, which is going to be your very first test of the season to know, hey, where is this team at in this first whatever quarter, a little bit more than a quarter to a season? And we'll know so much more coming off of that game. But as it sits right now, you got to love the way they continue to take the ball away. You got to love the way Jerron Bland has stepped up uh, with Trayvon Diggs out. 
Um, you got to love the way that they're playing on special teams, but it just, it really is that offense. And it really, it, it does really just go down to the red zone and that's scoring more touchdowns. And it hasn't been an issue for three games because they've been three blowouts, but there is the one loss that you look at and you're like, man, if they can do that against the Cardinals, you show up to, and do that, look like that against the Niners and it, and it's going to be really bad. Yeah. Well, and, and did you feel any better about the Cardinals loss when you saw that they kind of kept it together against the 49ers. They got, they played well in the middle of that game. Like it was 21 to 3 and then it was 21-16 and then it ended up 35-16. It's like the 49ers just yeah. kind of let up in the middle there a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you and I and I did when I saw that when I was keeping up with that score for a little bit. I was like, yeah, that is a little surprising. There is a part of me though with the Cardinals, I kind of feel like they're a little bit of a college football um and I'm not saying they play this way, but there's just times where I've seen some good teams have to play against, I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head here. Almost like, okay, I've seen Notre Dame have to play against Navy. And just mm-hmm. the style that Navy plays is not like anything else that's on Notre Dame's schedule. And so because of that, it can become the equalizer when clearly Notre Dame recruits and has better football players than Navy. But Navy has been able to keep those games close over the years because of the way that they their offense is you know it just it's not an offense that you're used to seeing and i think the cardinals have a little bit of that going for them because they kind of kind of mess up the game a little bit it's it's hard to you know i don't i just don't see many teams going that style just because of the fact of the harm's way you would put your franchise quarterback in um i wonder if they would do a lot of that stuff if kyler murray was their quarterback maybe maybe they wouldn't i don't know but they've been kind of an outlier to start this season so that was interesting to your point to see the way they started against the niners but the other side of it is, is I mean, Christian McCaffrey just looked terrifying. Oh my God, and that's that's the thing that worries me the most about this game is just the way they can run the ball. But you know, let's let's save some 49 hours stuff for for here in a minute. Let's do yeah. a little housekeeping type stuff. Uh, where are we health wise uh, today? I gotta say, before you tell me, I just it drives me nuts when Michael Parsons is in the game and we're up by thirty five points. It makes me it makes me angry. What what we can tell him to not go in the game. Someone's job. It needs to be someone's job. Hire the person to do it. I don't care. Micah, this does not matter right now. It's Mac Jones and the Patriots. It doesn't matter. Why is he in the game? No, a lot of people feel the same way, and that was made very clear. Jerry uh, does, right? I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, throughout the game, throughout the, or throughout the second half, it was made pretty clear on social media how. People were annoyed by that. Um, And then you find out today that it was... Because on the game broadcast, we didn't get an update during the game, but I was watching the game broadcast while watching the game in in the press box, and Aaron Andrews got an update that it was a tweaked knee and that they checked it out and everything was fine. Well, Mike McCarthy said today it was a tweaked knee and ankle, Um, but he said that Micah's fine. It's not of any major concern, but also said that he'll probably be limited on Wednesday. So obviously he did something, uh, to you know, tweak a knee, ankle, whatever like that, and let's be honest. I mean, it's a huge blow to lo- lose Trayvon Diggs. If you were to lose Micah Parsons for an extended period of time, I mean, this team's in trouble. So I completely agree with you on that. But uh, it doesn't sound like it's anything that would have any impact on him playing against the Niners. So he would be number one on the injury update thing. Rico Dowdle. It sounds like they dodged uh, a bullet there because it was a hip issue. He's had some hip issues in the past. And so, you know, when you start hearing about guys getting MRIs on an injury that's been an issue in the past, you're like, oh, this might not be good. But it sounds like he got a good um, report today. 
Uh, sounds like it's a bruised hip, so nothing that should keep him out. He's got a chance of playing on Sunday. And then Zach Martin, same deal. Um, leg injury, but it sounds like he'll he'll do some rehab stuff probably early in the week, but it sounds like he's on track to play on Sunday. Tyron Smith is probably the one that's still the most up in the air, and I don't think we'll know for sure until probably Friday or Saturday uh, if he's willing to go. Um, the way that I've heard it is it's, uh, this game is a possible is, is a possibility, um, and if he doesn't play this game, then they feel very confident that he'll be back for the following week against the Chargers. So I thought the whole entire time because this is a this is an injury that happened now. See, I don't know we've talked about it before, but so the Cowboys do a walkthrough on Friday and they do a mm-hmm. practice on Saturday, and it's it, it's it's kind of to get the guys ramped up to play the next day. And I guess Mike McCarthy's done this for a long time, going back to his time in Green Bay. And in one of those Saturday practices a couple weeks ago, that's when Tyron Smith hurt his knee. It wasn't in a game or anything like that, or it wasn't an aggravation of something that happened in a game. It was in that practice. So I think sometimes people see that and they're like, how did that happen in a Saturday practice? Aren't they just walking through? No, no, they practice. One of their one of their most important practices is the one on Saturday. So he's probably the biggest question mark, but he's got a chance. So um, he's trending in the right directions. You know, they've seen a lot of improvement from him. So it seems like there's a decent chance, but if not this game, then it sounds like for sure the following week. How do they yeah, do that when they're on the road and they're traveling on Saturday? So they will do it before they leave uh, Dallas. They'll do it Saturday before the the, the Saturday plane. morning, so and then it's go a to Saturday the morning practice. Got yeah, it. and then and then they'll uh, board the plane for San Francisco. You know, Saturday, you know, afternoon, and then they you know hang out at the hotel or whatever. But they generally do it you know saturday morning before they leave for uh the road city man deron bland is getting the ball thrown to him a lot or he's just going and taking it a lot and it's probably somewhere in the middle but boy i tell you what if you're worried at all about there's a phone call sorry um it's from new york so that's weird who knows me from new york just answer it <laughs> uh yeah i don't know, I don't know. okay york. real quick when you get those have you ever answered it and it was somebody that you like new or somebody that you really want to get in contact with, usually it's just a teleprompter. I almost never answer those from any other state like that, unless usually I get a heads up someone's though. calling. Yeah, I get them from like local, like weird towns in Texas. Oh, yeah. well. I don't know why that's going off too on my computer. I thought I had that turned off, but whatever. Um, Drawn Bland. Okay, so you sit there and you're worried about Trayvon Diggs. Clearly, you're a better team with Trayvon Diggs. But man, that's an incredible stat. The most interceptions in the last two years. Go to Deron Bland, fifth rounder. He's the P- Puka Nakua of defense, fifth round stud. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, is he? He's also a guy that I feel like because I'm not in the locker room like you are. I don't hear him talk much either. Oh no, you so, hit, you hit that nail on the head. He's very not DB like in that sense. He got the Stephon Gilmore way, just kind of quiet. Oh, I would I'd classify Gilmore as very talkative compared to really? Duran Bland <laughs> and Stephon Gilmore is not talkative at all. So yes, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Uh, Stephon Gilmore is just he's very like quiet. Um, nothing really seems to rattle him. You know, it's it's he doesn't show a lot of emotion. And uh, whereas Duran Bland, I think, would be just fine if he didn't have to talk to or do any uh, interviews all season long and just played football and that was it. 
different level of player here, but like I was talking about this with about the Rangers, who made the playoffs, um, should have won the division, but they didn't do good on Sunday. But like they spent all this money on Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and I felt like the Metroplex still knows nothing about these guys. Yeah. Outside of what they do on the field. And Deron Bland to me is in that boat of, hey, I know what Leighton Vanderesh is about. We clearly know what Micah is about. I know what Demarcus Lawrence is about. Like, you know all these guys. Offensive linemen, usually quiet. But Deron Bland's the guy who might have contributed most over the last two years that I feel like the Metroplex well, may know the least about. You can walk into any restaurant and maybe no one would know yeah. that that's Deron Bland. So right? I, would say, I would say whenever I hear this type of discussion, the first person I think of is Mike Trout just because he's been the best baseball player on the planet for yeah. over a decade. And I, the only thing I can tell you about this just from my time covering sports is that there's a lot of guys that they really don't care if you know anything about them, you know? And I mean, I don't follow the Rangers as closely yeah. as you do, but I, I really have, I don't know. I, I feel like I've always gotten that feel about Seager for sure. And Simeon a little bit where they are super focused on the sport they play and they're just kind of keep to themselves and they really don't care, you know, if they do a bunch of interviews and you know a bunch about them and it leads to them, you know, having a, you know, whatever, a Gatorade deal or, you know, Pepsi or something like that, that it's just like, nah, I'm just kind of focused on the sport and that's it. I don't, keeping the main thing, the main thing, as they say. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, this, uh, it's good that he's like, not just some pan flasher too, you know, sometimes you see these like, Later on draft picks, they kind of do. I'm like, dude, this feels like there's some staying power. Although, let's play some good quarterbacks again. As you said a little bit earlier. I mean, it is but, so hard but also to what else is interesting, KT, is just with Bland, is just like, how does that guy fall to the fifth round, you know? Yeah. No, no doubt. I, I'm saying the, the Puka Nakua stuff for the Rams is just fascinating to me. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing that it keeps happening, too. You know, like... You'd think All right. it's well, one or you two didn't weeks, wanna... it's like, oh, well, we can figure this guy out, but it's, what, week five, and he's still dominating? So There's something a little bit different with that one. You don't need to take me down this road, but I've talked about it many times with Sad over the last you know few weeks. Is Matt Stafford. I mean, literally, the only guy is Allen Robinson, one wide receiver, mm-hmm. and everybody else has had been, their career years have been with Matt Stafford as the quarterback. Man, he's so Every accurate. single other one. Every single other one. He's, I mean, look at the numbers that he's. What, what are the? What are these? What are these numbers well, that this kid's chasing right now? They're numbers by Cooper Cup and Kelvin Johnson. I mean, like there's yeah. one common denominator here, kids. He'll throw well, interceptions, but he'll make your. If you're a wide receiver, you love playing with him. Yeah. Did Cooper Cup go second round? Mm, that sounds right. He definitely wasn't first. Because uh, I wonder how much McVay should get some credit for some of this. And the, yeah, the Rams round. portion of this. Third, third round. Okay. Yeah. I mean, dude, 39 catches through four games. His two years at BYU had 43 and 48 catches. I mean, he's about to just blow out everything he did in his college years. Yeah. Part of it's getting open. Sure. I don't know. It's just, oh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I, I mean, he's uh, made, I'm just saying, Stafford's made. Ben Skoranek makes plays. Yeah. I mean, come on. And then the fact that. You know, there was all that talk about Odell Beckham when he came back from the injury and immediately, you know, he goes to the, the Rams and kind of hits the ground running. Everyone's like, look at Odell, whatever. All right, well, let's let this play out a little bit longer if we haven't seen enough sample size, if you think it was just Odell on that. I mean, I don't know. We're yeah. going to see. But then, and, and obviously in Detroit, it was all Golden Tate, Nate Burleson. I mean, the, honestly, if my line won on this all, <laughs> my mic drop is Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I got oh nothing else after that. He got Kenny Galladay paid. He Roy fell Williams. off the face of the earth. 
Uh, Roy Williams was uh, before him. Yeah, but then, was, that's a good oh, it was before Stafford. Was he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was him? before okay. Stafford. Yeah, yeah, his guys, his guys that you remember, like Nate Burleson and uh, yeah, Golden Tate, Calvin, obviously. And I mean, hey, if everybody was covered, you just threw up to Calvin. I mean, so obviously that helps your stats a lot too. So yeah, that works. Um, what do you think about Zeke's reception and the overall fanfare for Zeke yesterday? It was awesome. I was I was very happy for him. He deserved that um, for sure. I just think. Uh, well, one, I mean, just I knew they were doing that video tribute, and I knew obviously, uh, you know, he'd be out early. And I thought he'd talk to a bunch of guys from the team, and he didn't. So you could tell he's trying to be as much business like as possible. The only person I really seen him embrace with before the game uh, for an extended period of time was uh, Britt Brown, uh, their head athletic trainer uh, in charge of rehab. Uh, if you ever go to a game early and they're doing the resistance cords, Britt's always the one that's doing them with, and, and Zeke was always a guy that would do that. And, and so Britt and Zeke were around a lot. So they really embraced early, but I mean, no other players. And then after the game, they, you know, they obviously met up and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that video was, was awesome. They did something similar for Romo and, and, and Jason Witten. So that's kind of what I have expected. So anyway, when I was in the stands though, before the game, uh, I, I guess maybe I shouldn't have been, but I was just a little surprised with how many Patriots fans were there. Um, so he had a good reception from obviously Cowboys fans and Patriots fans in, in, in the building. I also like that he did do the feed me uh, gesture. Yeah, they cool. showed him on the big screen because you could tell he was locked in at all business, but it's like, let me throw this in real quick. Let me give the fans what they want. So yeah, no, they did a good job. It was really cool. Do you think at any time he was sitting there going, man, minimum wage, I probably could have just stayed here. Even though that might not have been on the table for him. But you think there's any part of yesterday going, God, the good old days. When, yeah. He probably could yeah. have got some snaps, too, with the way these backs are playing. I mean, Deuce Vaughn had eight carries for nine yards yesterday, I think. You know, so it's yeah. not like the these backups are just lighting it up. Yeah, you know, he said that there we had a conference call with him last week leading up to the game, and he said there were minimum uh, contracts talks with the Cowboys after they had released him. And I think that that was just such a low number that he wasn't going to do that. Not to, you know, go back to the team and just, I don't know. I, I feel like the pride has to be a factor there too. Let me just go and, and try and, because uh, it's not like he needs, I don't think he needs a bunch of money or anything like that, but I think it's the, you know, I'm the man. You know, I was top mm-hmm. pick. I, I was I was two-time rushing champ. I'm a guy that, you know, led Ohio State to a national championship. You know, he's not a fifth-round pick who's just, you know, exceeding expectations of, like, I can't believe he's still in the league. Like, most of the stuff that Zeke did in his career was kind of expected, at least I felt like, coming out of college. I mean, he's he's an I elite thought, player, yeah. you know? Absolutely. I, uh, I was just – I mean, six carries, 16 yards. There were tweets before the game from – your, you know, newsbreakers in the league, your, uh, I think Ian Rappaport said he was getting starter level reps. I was like, yeah. I don't see him till the third series there, Ian. I, yeah. I don't know if that's, uh, that's happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was cool that they did the video thing for him and all that. I couldn't help but just go, I wonder if he's going, boy, this is a brutal day. But I mean, even Bill Belichick, to take that loss, and it's just going to spark so many rumors, not rumors, like discussion of, good God, do we need to make a coaching change in New England? It's like, <laughs> no, you have a bad quarterback. Like, yeah. you can't win without quarterback. Mac Jones had, I think, 0. 0.5 fantasy points yesterday. 
Like, didn't even get to one. I mean, it's the perfect combination. (laughs) A bad quarterback against the Cowboys defense is the perfect combination for chaos. And I don't know. It's 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 kind of funny. Like that's that's a legit talking point in the Northeast today. Guarantee it. Yeah, and to your point about you know probably fair. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to your point of him looking on the other sideline and thinking about wanting to be there, I think the other factor in it is obviously just a dominant tons of wins during his high school career. Same thing for through college and through his pro career. Like, okay, they didn't get to an NFC Championship game. Worst season that with Zeke with with the Cowboys, six wins in that 2020 season, the COVID year, which you know I think most of us would like to forget. But mm-hmm. outside of that, I mean, they've all been pretty good. Here, I mean, Patriots might not even win six games this year. One yeah. one more thing on the Zeke thing while we're at it, John. Yeah, Jerry said he's gonna be in the Ring of Honor. No, 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 no. He said that he's the type of player that you you can consider for the Ring of Honor, but um, he didn't say he would be in. Um, but he just said that that's a player that you could certainly uh, consider putting in there. I, again, would be very surprised and don't think that it would make a lot of sense if they put Ezekiel Elliott in there before Jimmy Johnson, but hey, this is where we are. So, no, he didn't say, he would, at least when I was around, he didn't say he was going to. He just said he's the type of player you could consider for it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that would be surprised they'd though. consider it. Uh, hey, I mean... I don't know. Ring he of Honor talk has gotten so Ring of so Honor weird. I mean. <laughs> I'm just saying this. I, I, there's plenty of franchises where I would say, you know, your Tony Romo's and Des Bryant's and Ezekiel Elliott's. I can see why you would put them in those rings, rings of honor. Um, but for the Dallas Cowboys, and you're holding out on on a coach that two-time Super Bowl winner, the architect for three championships in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bar is pretty high there, so um, I don't know. I just, I don't like even get into it because when you do, it's like well, he it's like you're make- talking down about these other outstanding players, but there's a part of me where I'm just looking around like, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Jimmy's got to go in. It's the obvious next person. Like, what are we doing here? Like, no what one else make- should even be talked about until he is, you know? Will he make the Lions ring of honor? Who's that? Zeke. Uh, Will they put Adrian Peterson in their Ring of Honor? Oh, you know what? He hey, was hold, there on, for hold on, like one season. No, uh, I'm glad you. That's a good one. If they won as much as the Cowboys did, you know, won some playoff games, he won two rushing titles. Yeah, I could see that being a possibility for sure. Yeah, they haven't won a playoff game since '91. I'm interested these in that Barry Sanders trade. documentary. Yeah, these these things don't grow on trees here. Okay. Yeah, guess so. Yeah, he'd be um, consideration for sure. Still thinking NFC. Oh, is there anything else from yesterday's game that you want to hit on? Um, I'm thinking, uh, hey, we, how about, we got a kicker who's rock solid. Man. K- a kicker is rock solid. That surprised well, that's, me. The other thing, on special, awesome. other thing on special teams that's really surprised me is just Jalen Tolbert. It's not a special teams player, but he's had to become one, you know, because of his roster spot. It just makes that monster tackle uh, right in. It was early in the second quarter, and that game was still, I mean, it's 10 to 3 at that time. And just the way they followed that up with, you know, the Dante Fowler sack fumble, Leighton Vander Esch brings it in, touchdown, two-point conversion, uh, thrown to Chauncey Golston. And it fun. just felt like you're watching, whether you boxing, UFC, whatever, when you're watching a fight and, it, and it's somewhat close early on, you know, one guy's got a little bit of an edge, and then all of a sudden, you just throw this combo where you're like, ooh, that guy got that guy got stunned a little bit. <laughs> yeah. They knocked him back a little bit, and that certainly happened in that sequence, and it started with that Jalen Tolbert hit that... Uh, 
it's funny because I asked I asked John Fossil today about it. I'm like, has he surprised you with how he's and he's like, yeah, to be honest with you, he has surprised me. Like he even said that they singled out that play in their special teams meeting this morning and, and CJ Goodwin was even like, damn, you know, Jalen, that was a great hit. You're and like Fossil was saying, job. like, yeah, yeah, he was like, that's a lot for, for CJ to even point that out because obviously that's a you know, that's you know, the calling card of his of his career. So that that was really interesting to me just and then the fact that to go for the two there because of something that they saw with the way the Patriots had been lining up on extra points that that fascinated me and then the fact that let's be honest they only had one red zone touchdown and it was Hunter Lipke just like everybody expected you know just kind of randomness there so go line back (laughs) yeah yeah I, I don't know I'm still, it's it's weird because usually you think, okay, four games in and a typical season, you know, in the past 16 game season, four games in, that's a quarter. And you usually can kind of evaluate things. And I just feel like a quarter of the way through, I just still have a lot of questions about the offense. I don't think it's a bad offense. It's not like I got questions like, uh, week five, uh, if this doesn't work out, we better, we better start looking into another play caller. Like, it's not like that. It's just, I don't know for sure because they're, those three wins, they've played such outstanding complimentary football, and these just blowouts that generally don't happen in the NFL. So it's tough to be too critical about it. Um, but but that's why I'm so looking forward to this 49ers game because it'll just tell you so much about where they're at. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's the thing we've kind of been building up to. I mean, these are the – there were two parts of the schedule that really we were circling. Three, if you want to add that Jets game and Aaron Rodgers. But it was this – Whatever yesterday was combined with, and framing that as Zeke's return, framed with these two road games, 49ers and Chargers, which, by the way, will they come home after the 49ers game? Yeah. Or do you think yeah. they'll stay? Okay. As far as I know, as of right now, they are. But hey, if and they then, want to stay out there, I will stay out there. <laughs> I was thinking it's a, it's a just a, given that it's a night game, I don't know. There's something to think about. Yeah. yeah. I figure McCarthy probably wants to come like home that, no. and, yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's a it's a it's a thing bad teams do or teams that are in a funk do. They stay a week away from their own facility. Out in it's a, it's a very uh, Chicago Bears move. I'm all about it. I mean, just you saying that, I'm hoping that I would love for them to do. That. I just think it would be cool to stay out there during that. I've never the Cowboys have never done that since I've covered the team. But I like to your point. Other teams I know have for sure. Jaguars are staying in Andy's room this week in London. Yeah, for next week. Well, <laughs> well I mean, it just like. A lot of times it's a West Coast team that's playing on the East Coast as yeah. a, or an East Coast team playing on the West Coast. So the Cowboys are kind of in the middle of the whole deal, so they probably won't. You know, December was the other part of the schedule where you look at that and go, yeah, that's quite a run of games there, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. Sorry, I plugged in my laptop. The old the old Miami, Miami Buffalo road games. Yeah, the old double dip. Um, yeah. the, the hot cold <laughs> double yeah. dip. Someone's getting we'll sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I just uh, this 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 was spectacular. I mean, this is what we've been looking forward to the whole time. And the Chargers, God knows what they are. They're in an interesting game every week, so you can just count on having a one score game against them. It doesn't matter who they're playing; they're going to be in a one score game. That's how they roll. I I get the feeling, and this is just me. It's going to have to be a little bit low scoring. Look at the two playoff losses. Obviously, last year, 19-12, to 12, a little bit of an outlier once Tony Pollard gets hurt. Literally, we've talked about this a million times. It's like, okay, is CeeDee Lamb the only explosive player we have on the field? And then 23-17, the loss two years ago. And I do kind of see it being in that realm. Part of that is because 
the 49ers will use up some clock. Um, they'll have to run the ball and things like that. And I kind of have it kind of being in that area. Um, I think it'll be more than – I think the Cowboys, obviously, they got to score more than 20 points. They're not going to win the game. And that's the thing that I'm interested about. There are two, two things. Can you stop the run? When Arizona did that to you, you're going, yikes. The Patriots never really tried to run on you yesterday. <laughs> they It's hard to really get anywhere. The Patriots were behind the chains the entire game. It's just not going to be like that with San Francisco. So, I mean, the challenge is very obvious. Um, I, 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 have, I, I have told you this, and I'm not, I'm, I hate taking it here because uh, it's a 38-3 to win we're coming off of. The long term, what is this offense going to be, does concern me. And I find myself more and more going, are we going to have to win with a top three, four, five defense in a middle-of-the-pack offense? Now, I'm not saying that's what they yeah. are. I'm saying it's what they could be. And that's what that's what's something that concerns me, I guess. Yeah. And maybe a healthy be. offensive line changes that, right? And it could be. They very much could end up being the what they end up being is uh arguably the league's best defense wins you a bunch of games and your offense is middle of the pack or a little bit above. I, I, I it's tough to say. I can't see them being middle of the pack, though. I just think there'll be certain areas where they're very good at top ten in the league, and I think there'll be some other areas which could be red zone. Uh, where maybe they are middle of the pack or a little bit lower. But overall, I don't think they'll, uh, when when you're looking at the totality of it, I don't think they will be. I think they'll be above middle of the pack. I just, I mean, barring injury, I think there's just too many weapons on offense for them to be middle of the pack. With that being said, looking at this game particularly, it's I really want to see what they do offensively in the second half. And I say that because you go two years ago in the playoff wildcard game at AT&T Stadium, and everything was still there for the Cowboys late in that game. I'm talking in the final like five or six minutes. Not I'm not talking about that last drive where you know the ref doesn't place the ball the right way. You can argue about how that was handled. I'm talking about the drive before that. No Fred Warner on the field. No Nick Bosa. That's your time. You're at home. Start the drive off. Big gain up the up the right sideline to Dalton Schultz, and you're rolling. And that game's yours for the taking. Again, you're at home. Uh, those are the games you win. If and you might sit there and go, oh yeah, no big deal. Yeah, you're at home. It's playoffs. You're playing a good team. It's a Cowboys team that's become pretty good at home. I don't know if you've checked. Uh, won their last 10 games at home. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, last time I checked, that was the best of, of anybody in the NFL. So, again, you're at home. They weren't able to get it done late uh, on offense. They had a chance. You go to last year's playoff game. Of course, you have to t- talk about the fact that Tony Pollard got hurt in the first half. They didn't have him all second half. That was a huge blow to their offense. You know, They needed they needed to go into halftime and, and Zeke drink some type of special Gatorade that turned them into 2016, 2017, 2018 Zeke. And obviously that didn't happen. And so they were at a lack of big time playmakers there. They still had chances though. You know, there were still chances to, to, to tie that game. There's still chances to win that game late and they couldn't get anything going on offense. That's where I'm interested to see fourth quarter when it's, when it's winning time, what will the offense do then? That's what I'm interested in to see. That's, that's what will tell you the most about this game. Because it's not going to be a blowout like those th- the three other wins, so it's going to no, be for a sure. Game. And that's where, like, you know, it does feel like there's a bit of a concerted effort. I could be wrong because these games have been blowouts and game flow changes your plans. It does feel like they do want to keep Dak. If they could, they'd like to keep Dak around thirty throws. Um, they had thirty four yesterday, but they were almost trying to. It almost felt like they were just kind of playing around with the offense a little bit at the end. So it's hard to take any of those stats very seriously. They just thought they want to keep it there. And, you know, 11 carries for Pollard. 
15 is going to be the normal in these winning games. 15 to 20 is where it's going to be in these games, these close, tight games. That's like it'll get there. Um, I I just – I'm struggling to have a good feeling about where this is going to go. Maybe that's coming off two playoff losses. Very easy. Just watching the 49ers play. I'll just tell you right now, I'll just maybe I'll get ahead of it. I'm picking the 49ers to win this game. Oh, yeah, me too. 24-20. I'm going 2017, so if we're just doing this early, I'll throw mine in there, too. Yeah, let's just do it. I also, with that being said, and I know I say with that being said a lot, but with that being said, I also don't think if they lose that game, it's all of a sudden just like, oh, this whole season's lost. No. Where, hey, hey, if we're being honest, I did I did feel that way about the uh, Patriots game. If they lose that Patriots game, it's 2-2. Two and two, You possibly lose this Niners game, 2-3. and three. I just look at the rest of the schedule, and that's like, ooh, other than the Panthers, I don't know how many more gimme yeah. wins you really have here. Like, this is getting to be some pretty tough sledding. So I wasn't going to sit there and say, uh, oh, week four, this is a must win. But, man, it would have been pretty serious if they lost that. But they can lose that. I mean, honestly, if you, gave me the, if you gave me the two sides to pick from, you can lose the Niners game and just come out of the game healthy. I think that you pick that. As long as you don't lose anybody and this team can stay healthy, whether they win or lose this game would have no bearing on, on the way I feel about picking them, playing the Niners, let's say, in the divisional round or the NFC Championship game way down the line in January. You know, get, be, as long as you're – if you can be the healthier team, you know, don't lose Tony Pollard. They might win that game if, if Tony Pollard doesn't go down last year. So uh, little things like that are, are more of a concern. I'm just saying for the offense, I'm interested – as someone that's trying to write stories, evaluate the team, and I'm interested to see what the offense looks there. But no, by no means am I saying, oh, they lose this game. Mm, this season's about to go off the tracks. I don't feel that way at all. No, no, I'm glad you said that. I mean, the 49ers in 2021 were a team that was 3-5 and five right there in the middle of the year. And they ended up getting hot, peaking. Same thing happened to them in 2022. Now, they had a little injury chaos at quarterback and things like that. But if you remember that the 49er team last year, was sitting around in the middle and they were three and four and they didn't they realize got- they had this superstar named Brock Purdy on their bench and then they <laughs> traded for McCaffrey. These things these things have been a factor for them. And then they haven't lost a regular season game since October thirtieth yep. of last year. Very and, impressive. But that's two years in a row of that's a team who's peaking at the end. And now we watch them and I go, Okay, here's two things I know. I know that Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Like, I just know that. I also know that they typically are playing well at the end of the year. So something's off here. So to catch them oh, now, it does feel like it's bad. But oh, on, stupid question for you. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Do you, are you playing fantasy this year? I am. Okay. Am I forgetting somebody? But, like, is there a running back that isn't somewhat injury pro? I'm talking like, you know, when you have a, a first-round pick and those running backs. I'm trying to think of one that doesn't. I just feel because like, I just I just got the you know the ESPN update yeah. saying that uh, Saquon Barkley is going to be inactive for the game tonight as we yeah. record this show before Monday Night Football. I'm trying to think because I'm thinking of Eckler, Saquon, McCaffrey, Chubb. Am I forgetting anybody? Derrick Henry. It was Chubb until this year, right? Who'd you say, Kent? It was Derrick Henry. Oh, Derrick Henry. Okay, yeah. You know Derrick Henry, who they. Who they have on the field like 35% of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's still a beast. Uh, but they just – Josh Jacobs got hurt back in, yeah. the, back in the day. Yeah, no, you're right. They run out of steam pretty quickly, it seems. Uh, They're asked to do so much. I mean – Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One other thing I was going to tell you that me and Saad joked around about in the press box uh, on on Sunday is when the game got to be the infamous 28-3 Patriots. Dan Quinn was, was is on the field oh. well, up in the coaching box. And then that also ties in with the fact of this week's game, Dan Quinn defense versus Kyle Shanahan offense. Little tie-ins there, you know, from that old Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl there. Man, yeah, no, there's a lot. If only Matt Ryan was broadcasting the game. I mean, if anybody knows, if any offensive coordinator or play caller knows a defensive coordinator better than Shanahan would know Quinn, and then vice versa, a defensive coordinator knowing an offensive play caller. I mean, that's, I know that was a big storyline going into the game last year, but it still remains the case, you know. And then also, you you, you know, the other part of it is Brian Schottenheimer spent a lot of time in Seattle. He's obviously familiar with San Francisco, too, so... Uh, and then in the past, you know, Mike, Mike McCarthy, he's obviously gone up against San, not this particular San Francisco squad, but now oh, he's yeah. the play caller. There's just, there are some, there are some differences from last year. We'll see. So, uh, but there's a, plenty of intriguing storylines. I mean, 
obviously the the Cowboys number one uh, rival, I think without question right now is the Eagles, but I put 49ers number two. Oh, no doubt. Y'all are forgetting the number one storyline of this game. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Taylor Swift wasn't okay, there. I, was, no. I had something on uh, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Was Katy Perry It has to do with uh, the Cowboys. Okay, okay. Uh, hmm. Oh, man. Just I'm, how I'm, emotional I'm, this is going to be for Trey Lance. I mean, is nobody thinking about oh that? Oh, my God. Trey Lance. Got to get the Trey Lance him. tribute video ready in San Fran. You know? Yes. It's him grabbing his knee. <laughs> uh, guys, guys, guys. If Shanahan can't work with Trey Lance, there's pretty much no hope for him, right? Because Shanahan seems to make every quarterback look like Joe Montana. The only one I'll say off of that is, and maybe you guys don't think this way about this this person, but I think pretty highly of Sean McVay. And so I am uh-huh. a little surprised with some of the success that Jared Goff's had this year, considering that the Rams did give the Lions a first-round pick to take Jared Goff off, off of their hands. So... Um, and I'm not saying that Trey, I think Trey Lance is as good as Jared Goff because I don't, but to your point that, Hey, maybe just, uh, you know, a, a different offense, a new set of eyes, just a change of scenery. Maybe that's good for him, but I don't look at Trey Lance's Dax heir apparent. You know, I know some people do. I, I've already, you know, there's people that have asked me plenty of times about, what about a red zone package for Trey Lance? I don't see him getting to that point this year. I think this is a kind of, you get to the Cowboys, we start over from square one. You know, spent a lot of time with Scott Tolzien, the quarterback coach. Spent a bunch of time with Mike McCarthy, who's obviously worked with Favre and Joe Montana and Aaron Rodgers and all that. So I don't look at him getting making an impact this, this season. And if he becomes to the level where he could potentially be a starter, great for you. But at the same time, it's not like you gave up a first or second round pick for him. I mean, it, this is this is a gamble that you even think he's even going to be at the starter level. So, um, I don't know. I, I I just I don't see him being a factor this season. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, let me. Um, how how jealous of you? Not jealous. How disappointed are you that the Chiefs aren't on the schedule this year? Because of Maybe Taylor Chiefs, Swift? Because Chiefs John's, John's Twitter oh. videos of Swift would be, yeah. be all at, over TMZ. At um, AT&T Stadium, you know Jerry would have her set up in the nicest suite. Yeah. No, Super Bowl. It's a, a good point. I, there's, there's, no, I, I wasn't around the team when uh, Tony Romo was with Jessica Simpson and Miles uh, Austin was with Kim Kardashian, so I haven't really been around any of that with the Cowboys. So those were big deals. Um, yeah, but Kim Kardashian was not on the level that she was at now. It was still True. early in her rise. True. And neither the Jessica Simpson thing was, was big just because the camera caught it on TV, but it was Romo mania had taken over this town. Can't Carrie Underwood too. The Carrie Underwood thing. I remember that less because you didn't see Carrie Underwood on TV as much as you saw mm-hmm. Jessica. See, I really think the only difference right now is that, well, one, the Chiefs are the best team in football and have been for the last probably four or five years. And then the fact of just where Taylor Swift's popularity is right now. Because even if this was like four or five years ago, it's not on the level it is now. Like where she's at now, it just, um, I mean, it's there's not many people that are more famous than she is right now. 
No, it's ridiculous. How it's, hard does the NFL want her to play the Super Bowl now, though? Right. After all this, they wish. They're like, man, that would have been, this would have been the perfect timing for it. Already Coming off the wave. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I think even before this, they would have loved oh, that. Oh, sure. I mean, just because, because, I mean, we're seeing it with these games is that you're just bringing in more fans, you know? I mean, what's keeping her from doing it? I know they don't get paid. Like, the artists don't get paid to do the Super Bowl halftime. Is that it? I think yeah. it's because she doesn't need to. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. need to. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I, there was a rumor, and trust me, I care a lot about the halftime show beat, so I'm kind of all over this. There was a big rumor that, like, if the Super Bowl's in Tennessee, if the Titans get a new stadium, that she would be amenable to that because she's from there or whatever. Okay. But that's, you know, years down the line. and I heard it was because she hasn't re-released all her records out, and so... She doesn't yeah, want a maybe. big boom of record sales to come when oh she wow make as well, much money. She has to get her own you know, out. Yeah, leave it to Ken to know that. No, a yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's it. <laughs> we don't need to even debate I anymore. It might be no, that's they it. Don't pay that's the artists. it. It's like, well, if you want Taylor Swift, you're gonna have to pay up. She gets like thirty million a night or whatever she makes on a stadium show. You know, so she, you know, do all that yeah. work for nothing. At her no, level? you're absolutely no. right on that because everybody that whoever does it doesn't matter if you've been you're famous or you're at the peak of your career right now or it's at the back end of your career. Everyone who does a Super Bowl halftime show gets a huge jolt in sales. Oh, yeah. Shakira so that makes was, a lot of was sense. selling a lot of records yes. <laughs> randomly yes. after that. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Do you, do you guys think that it'll get to a point where it won't be a big deal and everyone's just like, yeah, she sets up in the suite. She's at all the Chiefs games. Or do you think it will be a big deal no matter what game she's at all season long? It'll be a big deal all season long. Yeah. Because it's not even so much about the people who are watching football. It's about the people who have never watched Mm -hmm. football before who are now watching football because of this. True. She has the most powerful military in America. The Swifties are a different breed. If we could get the Swifties and the Bayhive to combine, yeah, we could. I mean, that's something. Good luck, nuclear weapons. No, no, no. Who we got yeah. um, as the top seed for Cowboys Thanksgiving halftime? We're almost getting there to the announcement. Oh, they haven't announced yeah. it yet. They have not. I forgot. Who did we predict? Oh, do I have it? We I already made you... this prediction. No. No, we way. did it last year. Yeah, we always do it like a month before. Yeah, I usually go with the baby. <laughs> you usually go with the baby, who the, the most recent canceled celebrity. Yeah, uh, canceled. Yeah, he, fill, him, fill, fill him in, KT. The <laughs> baby canceled. He spoke to Colorado before there their game against USC. <laughs> I saw that. I saw I someone wrote. A, I saw I someone wrote a big that. article who was out to get him. I was like, dude, he's our, we all know that he allegedly killed a guy. Like, it's not a big deal. Hey, thinking of, <laughs> thinking of that, are we dragging him through the mud again? This happened five years ago. <laughs> hey, thinking of that, and I'm, I don't know a lot of this. You know, a lot of the behind the scenes with Taylor Swift, but just some of the things I've heard, all the stuff that probably comes on her plate with, you know, bigger big picture like political issues and things like that of people being like because they know how big her fan base is that's got to be really wild and daunting for her you know that's the big groups like reaching out to her to be like you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do this like man that that for i don't know that seems like there's probably a lot on her plate 
I thought it was interesting. There was, and I read the first part was there. It was Richard Deesh in the in the Athletic. His article on how CBS found her at the Chiefs Bears game, and it was basically Greg Olson on the field called Kelsey over, and Kelsey said, "Hey, yeah, she's coming to the game," and then Fox immediately got all their camera people panning the corporate mm-hmm. suites to find her, and then sure enough, that game's a blowout because they were they were very like, "We don't want to make it about her," but when you're playing the Bears and you're killing them. Then what do you do? You get her reacting to stuff. Cool. And then it became a bigger thing than they could have even known. And this is just Greg Olson tipping off them. Because what if they don't find her? You the know? funniest thing what about if they that, glare? too. Yeah. You know? I've actually done that. Well, I've done that job before for CBS where they sent me out into the crowd to go find somebody that they were going to do a cutaway to. And I had to, like... <laughs> find my way through the stadium as like a 16 year old it was very funny it was at the cowboys colts game uh at texas stadium remember that one john with uh peyton yeah. manning and versus romo oh was, yeah colts won the super bowl that year anyway funny thing about that though is the getty photographers who just randomly decided you know what i'm gonna go cover this chiefs bears game <laughs> in <laughs> know, september right? and then they get where. those shots of of t swift and they're making bank you know like spotify playlists are using the photos and all this stuff like they've got to be really happy that they made that call. all right all right, all right. You, right say right so I, you say this so i have to just bring this up from some things i've posted from games and other things that have taken off what's the biggest outlet that's reached out to you john and be like we want to use this uh photo of romo fat romo we want to put it on the cover of sports illustrated <laughs> Oh, well, it's definitely one of those videos of people running in the stadium, and it was Amazon offered me a decent I, amount of money. I see those memes everywhere. Yeah. But Not just about football, say, but I see, like, my reaction when right. the, the door's open for Barbie or whatever it is, you know, and yeah. it's people running. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that when you talk about the Taylor Swift thing, yeah, does it make you a bunch of money, or does a lot of people just steal it from you? Because that's what I've noticed when that stuff happens probably. nowadays. With the, oh, uh, and it's news outlets. They'll, yeah, they'll use that. the Getty. That's what I'm saying. Like Spotify uh, can't just put a photo on a playlist, I don't think, without. I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I know a reporter who posted a video of Taylor walking around yesterday at the game. And a pretty notable uh, outlet that I'm not going to mention on here just took it and gave that person no credit. So, yeah. Well, not the internet's wild, man. It is wild out there. It is so the that's wild the only reason West. where you say that. Like, I, I understand to a certain point, yeah, that, that would be great for them, but then it also leads to how many people just take that photo or video or whatever and you don't ever even get any credit and they just post it for themselves because that happens a lot. Yeah, and I was interested in just how NBC was going to handle it last night because Fox gave you the template of it's okay to make the game about her when you're up by 40. And I was interested to see how NBC handled it last night. NBC had said, screw it. We're going to attack it from the beginning. And we we're going to do a huge open from The Voice with Carson Daly. He doesn't sound like him. It's just a fascinating Dude, thing I in media. Like, I know there's a lot of people out there who like, oh, I don't care. It was the fourth quarter, and they were still talking about it. They were, oh, yeah, <laughs> they were cutting back to her, and then they, they threw it down to the field, and they had a sideline report. Like, all right, sorry, Al. Back to Taylor Swift, though. Like it's like amazing. Yeah, like, I, I thought they would I, get this over in the first quarter, the first half. Yeah, she's here. There she is, reacting. Great. Fourth quarter is crunch time. Twenty twenty ball game. They had a sideline report about 
jersey sales. I was like, wow, this, and, they're and, really going in on this. And I know a lot of people are going, I don't care. Just should give me the right. football game. Shut up. I do not care. That's not, if you're NBC, how you play that. Exactly. Yeah. You NBC, Mike Tariq, it was genius. Mike Tarico waved and said, hi, Swifties. We'll be here all night. Yeah. To say, hello, teenage girls who have never once given a single shit about us. Yeah. We're here for you. Yeah. And it was like, it, it's genius. It's just, the NFL leaning into this is so genius. I also think on a much lower level now, because we've seen it a million times, but I mean, what other team do you watch where they're just, they always show the owner? I mean, Jerry's shown during every single game and some games he's shown three, four, five times, you know, and there, yeah. there is a marker on his uh, suite or whatever like that so that For they sure. know, the cameras know exactly where it's at. It's usually like a neon colored sign that so that everybody knows like that's where his his area is where he's going to be sitting at so that the cameras can quickly find him, you know, after some big Maybe play or Bob Kraft like that. has that. Yeah. That, yeah that's it. You yeah. know, it's... Like it's it's maybe maybe Arthur Blank, but probably not. Yeah, like it's uh that's all fascinating to me. I don't know. I know so there's a lot of people that don't care about it, but it's kind of an interesting thing in this media pop culture world. And when the fan base is that, and I don't know. I mean, the she broke Ticketmaster. That's part of it. Beyonce's tour huge too. Okay, mm-hmm. Beyonce's tour, tons of economic impact. And if Beyonce was on the market and dating an NFL player, it would be just as big. No question. You know, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, Beyonce's settled and could the cow could know. somebody from the Cowboys date somebody that'd be a bigger story than Taylor Swift right now. Uh it would Dak, have to be someone Dak and, and Kim Kardashian. Yeah, if Dak or or if oh, would that be bigger than Taylor? I I dude, I don't know now. Dak and the only reason that, the only reason six I'm years ago, it, yeah. Now, I don't know. I'm just saying because of the fact of there's just so many other things that come with it. Like now all of a sudden Kanye sounding off and it's the (laughs) Cowboys. And I I just think that that could get wild. Well, this could get wild. Wait till Kanye sounds off on Taylor and Travis Kelsey. (laughs) And Travis Kelsey threatens to kick his ass like there's. This, and we hey, and we can't point fingers at any started. of this because we've just spent ten minutes talking about it, so we're part of the problem. <laughs> if it's a problem, I, I no, I it's am not. A, I'm joking. I'm a, there, well, there are some people who do think it's a problem, and they're like, oh, why? Like, who cares? I, I kind of find it to be kind of harmless fun that, and a part of why I even like the whole circus that is the hey, NFL. I will say this: <laughs> I, when I think of stuff like that. I would like, because we've seen so many of these alternative coverages of these games, whether Nickelodeon, whatnot, I would like in the Manning cast, if they're, if they're going to do that during an entire broadcast, can you give a, like a, a hardcore football fan station where I really want the all 22 end zone view in the bottom corner of the TV? I just hate when I'm watching the games and I can't see, there's just like a lot of plays, but especially in the yeah. Cowboys game on Sunday where you're like, Oh, is this guy open? It's hard. I mean, you can see it from when you're at the game over in the press box, but if you're watching it on the TV, you can't really tell. And I would just like somewhere in the bottom corner, just throw up, leave it on there the entire time. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the video uh, that they that they did for Zeke, but so when it started, they you just thought it was gonna be this just this one solid video montage shot, and then in the corner they put in Zeke of like him actually on the sideline, so you could see his reaction in the corner. That's great. And when I saw that, I was I was thinking I was like. That's what I want on a TV broadcast where yeah. it's just the end zone camera because I'm telling you, when you're at the game, you can see like, 
I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. I don't know if you could tell on TV when it happened, but several of us in the press box knew that 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 guy was about to come up and knock that ball out of Cavante Turpin's hands. Just the way he was oh, yes. running and not paying attention because yeah. of when you're on the kind of the angle and the, and then I don't know if the TV did that justice, but that's one gripe that I have is like, can you make it an alternative view where like just in the corner of the screen, I'm not, spe- I don't want it to be 50-50, but just in the corner, can you give us an end zone cam just so you can watch sometimes and see sometimes wide receivers are open and quarterback doesn't see them and it just kind of is interesting, you know, when you're watching a game. No, it absolutely is. Um, Okay, we get some and, and and for the other broadcast, that little corner screen can just be Taylor Swift twenty four seven. Yeah, just her just walking somewhere. Yeah. Her eating lunch. I mean, I thought about this bef- together. Yeah. I've like thought about the this. NFL bef- app, you know, Taylor Swift Cam. They would right. sell that like crazy. Hey, I'm telling you, I've thought about the same exact thing with Jerry. And I thought yeah. about this about like ten years ago. Yeah. And it just added fuel to the fire when all that stuff took off about him just salting the McGriddle. It's like, oh, run a camera on him the entire time up there, and you'll see plenty of salting McGriddle. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll, yeah. there'll be stuff that goes on, especially if he was mic'd up. That again, that's not going to be for a lot of football fans because a lot of football fans, including probably a good amount of Cowboy fans, are 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 they've seen enough Jerry and whatever. Like, but there are people that would watch that. There absolutely are. Uh, Sod picks Cowboys twenty four twenty one. Okay. Side couldn't be with us today, by the way. Um, three John, touchdowns, man. What do you think about that? You think they see, can score three touchdowns against this team? That's if they why do, keep, does one have to be defense? That's why I keep coming off any number that involves touchdowns. I, yeah. You, you, you have 49ers 2017. I did 49ers 24-20. Mm-hmm. Just don't see – I see field goals. Uh, Kent, what do you got? I don't know, man. This – Christian McCaffrey coming off this game he had last week and the way the Cowboys made James Conner look like Christian McCaffrey a couple (laughs) weeks ago has me a little concerned. (laughs) So I'm going to go 49ers 21, Cowboys 20. Wow, close one. So three of us picked the 49ers. It'll probably be nothing like we expect. That's a good sign for the Cowboys. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I... If it's just a good competitive game and we don't have any big head scratching things and we come out healthy, that's a victory. I don't know that yeah. seems weak, but it's when you play them in January that matters. And it's the best thing you said this whole podcast, John. <laughs> when you play them later, you always say a few things that stick with me throughout the week. Okay. I'm going to steal them that's and good. use them in my day job. That's good. Um, or I credit and plug the podcast. I do. No, to do no, 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 take them. They're 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 there for the taking. Believe me. No, it's no. It's just like these photos. They're not. <laughs> they're for the taking. These 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 videos that I work so hard for to get a, the fans <laughs> trampling over each other, running into the stadium. Well, it's gonna be fun Sunday night. Um, NBC. I mean, it's this is what you want. Week five. This is where. Also, the year does seem to kind of take a turn. You get through those like early season struggles, weird matchups. You start to feel like you start to figure out what some of these teams are. Cowboys and 49ers are probably what they thought they are. Very good. Still have questions. Like watching the Eagles and the Commanders go at it. Still have questions. Like, yeah, the Eagles, they're good. They're really good. But they seem vulnerable at times. Sam Howell isn't good, is he? No, I don't think he's good. But, boy, there's a there's some poise. You said all these things you kind of watch. I'm going to watch the Giants and the Seahawks tonight, and I'm going to feel like I know exactly what those teams are. I don't know. When it comes to uh, some of these other teams, even the Eagles, I got 
I think I think I would have the Lions over the Eagles in my power rankings. Mm. I know it's strong. The only reason the only reason that I have so it's a good question because the, I was looking at the odds this morning on BetMGM, and there's a clear gap between the Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, and Lions, and then everybody else in the NFC. Whether you're talking about to win the NFC or to uh, win the Super Bowl, and the only thing that keeps the Lions for me down from those top three is just because they don't have they have well they don't have any playoff success where you can sit there and with the Cowboys and the Niners it's for the Niners oh you know they haven't been able to win the Super Bowl again since those since well the Steve Young team and then for the Cowboys like they well they haven't been able to get back to an NFC Championship game and then the Eagles well they won a Super Bowl not that long ago and they just were in the Super Bowl so they've at least you know taken some steps won some playoff games where the Lions, that's their next step. They need to make the playoffs, win some playoff games for me to put them on that level with those teams. And hey, that might be this year. Maybe they're maybe they are the hot team and they win a playoff game or two this year. Hey, that could very well happen. But I kind of feel like just because they haven't done that, to me, I just feel like those top three teams are a little bit more battle tested than, yeah, than the sure. Lions. But I do think there's a gap between the Lions and then that next tier of well, I guess it would be Seahawks and uh, I don't know. Yeah, smoking Packers. the smoking the Packers doesn't say much, you know. Yeah, Except Packers are missing some guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. Packers been a lot of guys for sure. They're a bit. Of I a, will say though that there were moments in that Packers game that were typical moments where the Lions would find would have found a way to blow that game, and then uh, I felt the same way in Week One against the Chiefs. There were moments in that game where typical Lions teams would blow that game too. Um, and even though, you know, they didn't have Kelsey and they have Chris Jones, there were still moments there. I was like, you know what? This Lions team is, you know, I certainly think that they should win that division, make the playoffs and, and potentially win a playoff game. But I just don't know that I look at them as, yeah, this team, if they don't make it to the NFC championship game, this is a disappointment. Whereas yeah. I look at those other three teams and I think that they got to feel that way. If you're the Cowboys, you should feel like if you don't make the NFC championship game, it was a disappointment. Eagles, Niners, they probably even think more than higher than that, but and maybe the Cowboys do too. Maybe it is, you know, that's the messaging, Super Bowl or bust. But uh, I don't know. That just seems that it's on a little bit higher level than where the Lions are right now. Absolutely. Well, that is uh, going to do it for us. We will be back next week, probably next Tuesday when we record, uh, I would imagine, and unless uh, John has to stay out in California because the Cowboys. No, we'll still it. record then. I'll be okay. happy if that happens. I'd we'll love to stay out. out there for for a few extra days. And then it will get you. Uh, we'll get you uh, primed up for McCarthy versus Kellen. The storylines uh, just never end. They're always they good. And then, end. and then if you don't have a good storyline, like I don't know, like a uh, Chiefs playing the awful Jets and a quarterback that everybody wants to run out of town, just have Taylor Swift show up with some other Hollywood A listers, and yeah. you're all good. Hey, look, it's Ryan Reynolds. Cool. It was uh, funny how many people posted like pictures and videos and stuff like that, and like. Don't say anything about him or Blake Lively. Blake Lively. They're just uh, Hugh Jackman. I think was with them. Like it was, it was a pretty impressive crew. Brittany Mahomes uh, had a, went to the sleepover at Taylor's apartment with with um, Sophie Turner. All right, and, real quick, uh, real quick, real quick. Blake Lively. Would you know that if you didn't have your job, or do you think it's part of your job? I would know. <laughs> Dude, I, I am very <laughs> I'm very open about this and, uh, to me I don't uh, we can cast stones but 
I, uh, I'm a gossip junkie. Yeah. I like the hot goss, man. I think it's good. These people live these glamorous lives. For what? For us to talk about them. And especially- Get through uh, our like, miserable existence. Right. And, and like outside of this podcast, I'm not really talking about it too much, but you know, on your radio show, you can talk about it. You do a segment, do multiple segments on it. In a way, I kind of look at it as when the Mavs traded for Kyrie Irving. It's yeah, it might be good, it might be bad, but either way, it will provide segments. It's something. <laughs> it's definitely something. What are we going to talk about? The weather? We're we going to talk about has it rained? You know? Okay. Uh, I mean, if you if you just start start going up, you got, it can be a barren wasteland out there of things that are interesting. This at least has some legs to it. Travis Kelsey was seen at 11 a.m. leaving Taylor's apartment. Whoa. I thought they were having. I thought they were having an all girls slumber party. Whoa! Huh. But what about the team curfew. Interesting. Did Patrick go because his wife was there? Was Patrick there? Patrick wasn't game planning for the Jets. Is that why he played bad? Floating two interceptions to the... Oh! See? It's just nonstop. Hey, hey, and then Patrick... The NFL is amazing. Patrick doesn't go, and then you're like, oh, maybe him and and Kelsey aren't as close as we thought they were. Maybe Taylor's been angling for Patrick the whole time. And then... To go to a different team. She wants to get him out of Kansas City. Get, she wants to get him to Tennessee. Oh my God! Her hometown Titans. Uh, yeah, it just it, it doesn't stop. The NFL is so good. Cowboys 49ers cannot wait, and we will chop it up next week, fellas. Have a great weekend, and enjoy your trip to San Francisco and Levi Stadium. Hopefully, you come back with a new pair of jeans. Um, for uh, producer Kent Garrison, for Saad Yusuf, he'll be with us next week. For Father John Bashota, I'm KT. We'll talk to you next time. I'm about them Cowboys. Austin Powers.